BST, BST, one last hour of sleep. You guys deserve a double blessing this morning for being here. Is that right? Okay, maybe one and a half. Southside could get a double blessing. I mean, they, they're an hour earlier, so, you know, this is normal Southside. So we'll just give them a, a, a one and a half blessing. How's that for, for today? Oh, it's good. good to see you this morning. Good to see you this morning. BST. Okay. Um, I bless you now more than normal. I bless you in the room especially more than normal that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. I bless you to receive whatever guidance from God you need, whatever help from God you need. I bless you to flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing right now in your life. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever's going on. May that exude from all of us. In Jesus' name, may it be and be and be and be. Yes, amen. Great. All right, welcome back to our series all about Jesus, where we're talking about what it is to believe in Jesus and what it is to follow Jesus. Today we're going to talk about how Jesus absolutely loves giving you startovers. We're going to talk about how Jesus loves giving you new beginnings. We're going to talk about how, how he loves showing how much he really does love you by pouring out grace and forgiveness, by, willing, by being willing to draw a line, by being willing to draw a line in, over your past and, and whatever you've done at this moment, and, and so that you can move forward in joy and grace following Jesus. Now, listen to this next line. Everyone can have a start over moment with Jesus, but not everyone gets one. Everyone can have a start over moment with Jesus, but not everyone gets one. Today I want to talk about how you get a start over moment with Jesus. How, how, do, you, how do you get that? And, and no matter your past, no matter what you've gone through, like how do you get that? How do you, if you find yourself off track, if you find yourself um, feeling far away from God these days, how do you get that start over? How do you get that start over moment? When I think of start over moments, I think of um, maybe a time in my life for two or three or whatever where I've needed grace, let's just say from Kelly. Now I'm going to make up a fictional example here that I, I, like, yeah, that I would need grace from Kelly, okay? So just, just you know, in theory. And, and so let's say, let's say I've, I've found myself after a series of random awful Brian moments that I can't dig myself out of. Again, totally making this up. And I need to go to Kelly and, and I need to say to Kelly, Kelly, I can't dig myself out of this. I have messed up and continue to mess up at a, at a large quantity of time. And basically, I need you to draw a line. I need you to draw a line over the past. My only hope for us to be able to move forward at this moment is for you to draw a line of grace and just say, okay, that was awful, but now we're going to move forward. In theory, I've needed that from Kelly uh, a few times. In, in theory, I've asked for that, and she has thus far, to her credit, granted that. Thus far. <laughs> thus far. But I don't take that for, for granted. Anyways, 
this, since this, mean, this phrase means a lot to me, this draw the line phrase, I decided to image search for it because I wanted to show you like, a good image for it. And so I, I image searched for it, and this is the image search, completely worthless. Like, just completely worthless. Sometimes, guys, if you need something drawn rightly, you need to call in the resident expert. So I called in Picasso, and I'm like, Picasso, I need you to come in, come in today, and I need you to draw some stuff for me. Can you show me, draw a line? Boom. Okay. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Picasso. I mean, sometimes simplicity is the highest form of wonderful, right? Wow. That's what we're talking about today. Now, I, I like this line. It's not flashy. It's, it's not complicated. It's, it's, so, it's exactly, though, what we need sometimes from Jesus. Him to just draw a simple line so that we can move forward. So we can move forward together. And the good news is, God loves doing this. God loves drawing lines over our past mistakes and giving us new beginnings. So how do we get that? Well, for that, I'm going to turn to one of the most famous parables that Jesus tells. Uh, we call it the parable of the prodigal son. Prodigal. Do you, know, do you know what prodigal means? Prodigal basically means something like foolishly wasteful. The foolishly wasteful son. Or, or the out of control. Out of control son. Or the, the squanderer. The, the immoral, shameless, you know, all, that kind of zone. That, that's sort of zone. A prodigal, as we talk about prodigals, is someone who lives for their own happiness today. And it doesn't matter how many people it hurts. Or it doesn't matter how it impacts them tomorrow. They're, they're so absorbed with their own moments, but a big crash is m- most definitely going to be coming. You can't live that, that selfishly and that instantaneous gratification focus without a big crash coming. So, I mean, maybe some of you know what that big crash feels like, but we're going to look at this parable, and we're going to see what we learn about God in this time. I'm in Luke chapter 15. And it, it starts like this. So there's, there's been two other parables before this. And then Jesus also said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me, a, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered he prodigaled his, ent- his estate in foolish living. After he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, we'll pause there for a second. Since Picasso was still around, I, I, I've titled this section, The Crash, The Crash. And so I just, I just let him kind of, you know, just doodle as he was. It's like he was kind of there in the background, in the foreground. I don't know. It's, I don't want to talk about how it exactly that works. But he says he was in the room doing the line. He decided to give me some title slides here. So I titled this one, The Crash, this section, The Crash. Have you ever been here? Maybe not eating pig's food or wanting to eat pig's food, but, but have you ever just life crashed? Life crashed, like woken up one day and you've been like, I am so off track. I'm so off track. My life is a mess, probably a mess of my own making. 
Have you ever been like, oh, man, I've made some bad choices. I've, I, I've, I've, made, I've hurt people. I've hurt people in my life, and, and, and I've been selfish, and, and I look at myself now, and I'm not where I want to be. I'm not who I want to be, and I don't know what to do from here. Life crashing. Often people like just realize they, they're, they're empty. All of it has made them feel empty or hollow or they're secretly suffering in, in somewhere or another. They're, they're just feeling lost and wishing things were different. Just really wishing things were different but not having a lot of hope that we can get from here to there because we just feel so in, in a stuck place, grieved, maybe even ashamed of some stuff that have gotten here. Sometimes people wake up and they just realize that they, that they know that they have knowingly walked away from the way that they know God wants them to live. And, th and they find themselves feeling very far from God, very far from God, walking their own path, maybe unsure what to do. The prodigal for us in this story today is, is an example of live for fun, live for now, hurt his family in the process, rejected God's way of life, wasted everything that he had been, been given, his opportunities, his money and everything, and it's finally all got up, caught up to him and he's life crashed. The first step in returning to God. The, the first step, if you want to be someone who receives a start over, if you want to be someone who, who re receives this new beginning, who receives uh, this great divine line, in the line that just says, okay, I'm drawing the line, what's past is past. The first step is waking up. Waking up. Here it says, came to his senses. The first step is waking up, realizing how far off you are, and just facing the truth. I have fallen away from what I from where I wish I was I have made m mistakes I have made choices that have led me to this this place maybe they're your own choices maybe they're maybe they're connected to other people's choices maybe they're all the other person. but you found yourself in a place and where you're you're in a in an awful state and you actually want to do something about it where you say I'm a mess but I'm not going to stay here but I'm not going to stay here. What do you do? What do you do? Let's see what the prodigal does. Verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food? And here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. I've entitled this section, The Return. The Return. Oh, thank you, Picasso. That's, that's magnificent. The Return. This is the moment. This is the moment. Now, sure, other moments in this story obviously get a lot more attention and get a lot more, you know, focus. But if you know what it's like to wake up and realize that you're at the bottom or you're not where you want to be, that you, that you feel that you've, you've fallen far away from God, 
If you look at your life and, and you're like, this is not who I want to be, I'm not proud of who I'm becoming, it's a moment just like this, just like this, that can change the trajectory of your life. He got up and he went. He woke up, then he got up. And, and, and he went. He made a choice to get up and try and do something. Now, he, he has very little hope of what the end result will be in the sense that he's not expecting to get back what he had lost. He is expe- he's not expecting to be brought back into the family like a son. He, he, but he, he got up and he tried because something, anything, anything. But he stopped sitting in his failure. He stopped wallowing in his self-identified misery, which is true. And he decided, okay, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to get up. I'm going to make the choice. And I'm going to go back. He got up and it went. Again, some of you know what moments like this are like. Where, where you don't like where you're at, but you get up anyways. You try. You try to rega- regain something maybe that was lost. Now, some of you might be on the brink of the most wonderful life-changing moment that you've, you've yet experienced, and, and yet you don't know it yet, you don't see it yet, you don't believe it yet, it, you don't even believe it's possible, but I tell you, if you've crashed, if you're looking at your life and you're wishing that you were in, in a different place, and today, if you get up and you return to God, you're going to be surprised at how extraordinary that decision is and how, and how blessed it is of God. But, but this right here, the prodigal's decision to, to get up and to try and return, it's going to change his life. At the beginning, I said everyone can have a, a, a start over moment with Jesus, but not everyone gets one. But this is the difference. He didn't just stay in his brokenness. And well, he got up and he, and he started to return, he tried to return. A new beginning is available to everybody, but you need to wake up. And you need to get up and return to God. Now, what does that look like when when we return to God? Well, let's keep looking at our story here. Verse 20. So, he got up and went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, the father ran, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it. And let's celebrate with a feast. Because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. To celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. I've entitled this next section, The Restoration. And there is no celebration without confetti. So the green fleckles are not, are not dizziness. They are celebration confetti. They're big, they're big celebration. This is what Jesus wants you to know about the Father. 
This is what he, he wants you to know what he is like and, and, and what, what Jesus is like. He is not repulsed at the returning one, no matter how far they have fallen. He is not put off by the returning one, no matter how hard they fall. So many people, they sit in their brokenness, and, and they have this view of God that, oh man, God, God wouldn't want them after all of the decisions that they've made. That, that, God, that God would be not interested or, or just, just kind of grossed out by the you that you have become. And, 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 and they don't like themselves, and, and so they just assume that God wouldn't either. So some people just don't give, uh, get up, and they don't even try. But if you would, if you would try, you would discover that, that Jesus is amazing and that the Father is amazing. Listen to me. The love. Oh, this is bigger. It's bigger. The love. The love God feels for you. I'm, I'm taking it away from has for you because I want you to know that he feels it. He, it doesn't just exist. The love God feels for you is bursting out of his heart. Over, he has this overwhelming love and, and that he feels for you. That's why you never have to re- worry about returning to Jesus. Because the love that he has for you, you never have to doubt God's response. If you've made a mess of your life or made all these kind of mistakes, if you return with humility and, and honesty, if you're looking for great grace and a brand new start, God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, those who return with humility. Notice the response of the father. The, the, he saw from a long ways off the son returning, and he was Filled with, okay, no, he was filled with compassion, compassion, and and it said when when God looks at at us in the messes of our own making, he feels sad at what we've done, the mistakes we've made. He feels sad at how that's affected us. He feels sad at, at, at how that's ruined aspects of our lives. He feels compassion for the brokenness, and he runs. He runs to those who are returning. I, I, I've been a pastor for a long time, and I, I do listen, and I do talk to people. Um, it's amazing how often I hear something along these lines when it comes to grace and God's forgiveness. Sometime along the way, people start articulating to me, oh man, yeah, God may forgive me, but it's going to take a long time for for." God and I's relationship to get, get smoothed back out again. I mean, we're going to get there, but it's going to take a long time. I mean, do, are you one of those people that assume that in, in this broken place, in this, in this messy place, if you start to return to God, do you assume that it's going to take a lot of effort to persuade God to give you a second chance? Do, do you assume that it's just going to take a lot of uh, convincing? This son is returning. He, doesn't, he, he hasn't proven anything yet. He's just on the road in the distance. He hasn't even made it to the property yet. And, and he's being run towards, arms thrown around. Do you, do you think that it's going to take much work to persuade God to draw a line in your life and a line in your past? No, no, no. The second you're ready and you start returning to God, God is ready. God is ready today. 
God is ready today. You don't have to prove anything. You turn, he's ready. He's ready to start again. And it's not that God is just merely willing to forgive you. He's not merely willing to forgive you. He is enthusiastically excited to show you grace. He's enthusiastically excited to give you your new beginning. It, it is his joy every time somebody wakes up and gets up and, and starts to return. Jesus is telling other parables in this same chapter. The first one is the parable where there's this shepherd and he loses a sheep. And he goes out and he finds the lost sheep and he rejoices. The shepherd rejoices when he finds the lost sheep. The joy of finding that lost sheep. Then the second parable is, is a woman and, and she's lost a, a coin and, and she finds the coin finally and she rejoices in this. And both of those parables say something along the lines of, it's not just the shepherd rejoicing or the woman rejoicing. It, 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 connecting it to um, grace and forgiveness, it says there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Over one sinner who repents. And yes, that's true for anyone who does not believe in Jesus. And then they say, Jesus, forgive me. I give my life to you. And then they become part of the family of God. That is true. Heaven rejoices in that. But is it just that? No. It's also for prodigals. It's for sons and daughters who were in the house and who foolishly walked away and messed up. They were in the house and then they leave the house and then in their brokenness return to the house. The, the, the son did not stop becoming a son when he was an idiot. He didn't become a son when he was... When he was destroying his life. He didn't stop being a son. He was always a son, and now he's back. And, and now he's back. The, the, the great news about God's grace and God's joy and heaven's joy, it's also for people who used to follow God but have walked away and are returning. The Father calls for celebration. He celebrates. He wants his home to celebrate. When we return, when we fall away, when we make mistakes, heaven rejoices. Heaven rejoices. Why do they rejoice? Because heaven has the same heart of God. Angels are happy about the things that God's happy about. When God is happy, heaven's happy, and so all of heaven is happy when one person, even if they've made mistakes, blown up their own life, and, and they've crashed on their life, when they get up and they try and return, all of heaven is happy. Now, God feels more love for you than, than you believe, and he's more happy with you when you return than you would ever expect. So in this parable, you have the father who represents God the father. He's happy. His house is happy. They are celebrating. But then there is a warning for the good and faithful people of God. There's a warning for, for us as well. And it says this in verse 25. <clears throat> but the father told his servants, nope, verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. As he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. 
So he summoned one of the servants, questioning what these things meant. Your brother is here, he told him, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and didn't want to go in. Now, the son is, the, the younger son has shamed the family and, and left the family and, and hurt the family. So his father came out and pleaded with him. But he replied to his father, look, I've been slaving many years for you. I have never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. Let me read this in, in my teenage voice from my teenagers talking to my father. Yeah, you never gave me a goat. You know, that's, oh man, I, I was that guy probably several, I remember whinging, I couldn't sleep, and I complained it was my mattress, demanded a new mattress, I'm off topic here. It wasn't the mattress, I just don't sleep well. Anyways, yeah, you never gave me a goat, and I, and I, so that I could celebrate with my friends, but when this son of yours came, who has devoured, who has prodigaled your assets, with prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Son, he said to him, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. And sorry, I forgot this last verse, but I'm going to read it. But we had to celebrate and rejoice. We had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. I entitled this section, like father, like son, or like father, like daughter. Confetti, happy people celebrating. As I said before, when, when God celebrates, all of heaven celebrates because heaven has, heaven is in perfect alignment with God's heart. And, and the things that God celebrates, heaven celebrates. God doesn't want to just be happy in and amongst himself. God wants all of his family to be happy about the things that make him happy. He wants all of heaven to be happy when he is happy on the things that make him happy. He wants his family on earth to be happy when, 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 when things are, are, that he finds happier are taking place. But sometimes God's children don't reflect God's heart. And sometimes God's children get upset and angry are the things that God is super happy about, like bursting with joy about. Like God, God could be so happy about something happening, and we could be so moany and angry and upset. God's ideal for his kids is that our emotions, that our emotions are in step with God's emotions about things. Are we grieving about the things that grieve God? Are we moved with compassion on the situations that move God with compassion? And do we have big joy? Is our joy big, big about the things that make God so happy, the kinds of things that make, make all of heaven want to celebrate? What, what makes God happy? Well, everyone who turns to Jesus wanting grace, everyone who comes to him for forgiveness, everyone who comes to God and asking God to draw a line in their lives. And, and it's a big do-over, a new start, a fresh start. And, and just who wants nothing in their past to now impact their, their future with God moving forward. God doesn't just give grace because it's the right thing to do. He gives grace because every time it makes him so happy. Every time. Hey, so happy that heaven explodes. That he wants his family to explode with, with joy. But, but we, we don't always explode with joy. 
sometimes when we fall away from Jesus, it's obvious. Like with the prodigal, with the prodigal son, it's, it's just obvious. He's obviously fallen away from God by his behavior. Sometimes our fall aways from God aren't very obvious at all, and we might not even notice it. Our fall aways, like with the responsible son who never left, like the responsible son who always said no to what was wrong, who always made the right choice, who always made the right decision, and, and who was faithful and, and present and, and never wandered away. And so it's hard for him to see how far away his heart is from God's heart and how far he's fallen. But we see in this story, when we, when we don't think God is being fair, or when we don't like what God's done and he's happy and we're not happy, we've fallen away from God in our hearts. That's, that's us being, we're way out of sync. We're far away from God when it comes to our emotions just being in very different places about the same thing. When we aren't happy with maybe those who have hurt us or, or left us, like the younger son hurt and left the family, when, when they get grace and forgiveness because they humble themselves and repent and they return and they're now being celebrated, when, when we're not ready to, we're not happy to celebrate the grace that they've been receiving, uh, receiving, uh, then we're out of sync and we've fallen away from where 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 God's at about the situation. When we're angry about the things that make God happy, or when we're apathetic about the things that make God happy. We've fallen away in our hearts, and usually we just don't, we don't get that. We don't get that. And I'm not going to make a big point of this, but following Jesus isn't big brothering. It's, it's, not, it's not just saying no to obvious sin. It, it, following Jesus is also living and capturing the heart of Jesus. Do I have Jesus' heart for, for the situations in my life? Am I celebrating grace? Am I celebrating forgiveness? Am I celebrating not just my life, not just the grace for me, but the grace for everyone, even punks out there? Am I celebrating grace? It, it's just it's something that makes me joy-filled and, and, and exuberant like it makes God. Now, this is a big topic, but, but God does, um, he, he forgives enthusiastically and joyfully, and, and he wants us to join him in that joy and enthusiasm. God loves grace. He loves forgiving you. He, he loves restoring you. He loves drawing a line in, in, your, in your life and inviting you to start again. He loves new beginnings. And for we who follow Jesus, I want us to catch the fire again. Catch the fire of joy again. The, the fire of joy for grace. The fire of joy for forgiveness. For everyone who will wake up and then who will get up try and return. Catch that fire of joy. The challenges are these, too. If you need to draw a line, if you need God to draw a line, if you need God to draw a line over your past today and give you a fresh start, good news. Enthusiastic. God is very enthusiastic about this. This will not be a hard sell. Rededicate your life to Jesus today, and I'll help you with that in a moment. Number two, and this is Every time you talk about forgiving people, I know that it's sensitive, um, but that's never stopped us before. Is there someone who has turned to Jesus that you're struggling to celebrate their receiving of grace because of how they hurt you? You know, maybe like the older son, younger son thing. Work through forgiving them again this week and see if you can reha recapture the heart of God for them. I know that that could be a massive journey. I'm asking 
for, for that forgiveness process to those who you know who have repented and turned to God for forgiveness. And work through that. It's, it's the kind of stuff that we just want to keep working through, keep working through, see if we can capture God's heart. But let me, let me pray for us. Let me pray for us in this moment. God, we just are so thankful for your grace. In fact, why don't you just take a moment wherever you're at and just quietly between you and God, just thank him for the new beginnings that he has given you in your life. The grace moments. Moments where you're just so thankful that God gave you a new start. Or maybe you need a new start today. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus or give your life to Jesus for the first time. I suggest praying something like this. God, here I am. I'm turning to you. I'm returning to you. Forgive me. Forgive me. Draw a line over my life and, and let the past be the past. Forgive me of all of, I cannot dig myself out of my past. Just draw a line and give me a fresh start, a new beginning today in the name of Jesus. Help me, guide me, lead me. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me the joy of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.